Thank you. We have a, another book here. Um, it's called Freedom in Christ, and it's from Freedom in Christ Ministries, but it's UK. And uh, Brother Paul, I don't know if you've seen this one or not, um, but uh, it has 13 sessions of discipleship. It has a DVD with it, and it's it's really a, a good one. So, I mean, if you all want to look at that, you can pass that around also. Um, one of the things that... Uh, I worked with teenagers for over 30 years, and uh, I think that uh, what I see that really hurts in the local church is most adults are afraid of teenagers. Uh, We'll hire a uh, youth pastor and uh, shove him into the youth and say, do what you can. Well... uh, that's about like hiring a pastor and saying, we're paying you, you do what you can, and everybody gets to go free. Well, listen, uh, youth pastors can only go as far as the help that they have uh, with them, uh, just like, like pastors. So um, uh, one of the things that I challenge you all to do is learn this counseling technique here and go to your youth people and say, where can I help you? Because they are being bombarded, and they just don't have the help they need. We're fortunate we have a, a lot of uh, adults working with our teenage department, but still, though, we never have enough. So, uh, um, I think of all the years that I, I worked with the teens, the two things that, that stick out to me more than anything is they are looking for love and acceptance. We, uh, when we would try to work with the teens, we found that until you could get to really know them, they had to, uh, you had to get within arm's reach of them. And they have been turned away and shoved away and told that they're mistakes. And I'm going to hit on something here that you all may not know a whole lot about. There again, you might. We uh, come from an independent, uh, we are an independent church, but we come from the uh, the independent uh, legalistic movement, and uh, we had a lot of teenagers hurt through legalism. A lot of parents, uh, when their teens got older, they quit going to church because of legalism. Now their kids are coming along, and if they do come to church, they have a different point of view uh, of what uh, church should be like because they hear their parents talking one way, even though their parents don't don't go, go to church. So legalism has has uh, really hurt a lot uh, in the ministry as far as trying to reach uh, teenagers. Whether it's a Christian school or whether it's a public school, I found that uh, the Christian schools are having the same problems with inside there as what the public schools do. We try to take, uh, um, as parents, we try to take the teens and drop them off at a Christian school and say, okay, do your magic, just like people do to with children dropping them off at Sunday school and say, do your magic. Uh, now we've got time, we can go do whatever we want to do. And it's not the schools and it's not the, the church. It does come to home. The brother mentioned something back there about books. 
one thing that I found, you can buy all the books, and boy, I have all kinds of books in my library with teenagers, and I've, I've, uh, my son-in-law is over the uh, teen department, but uh, I've given him a lot of the books. But I'll tell you this, when you are reaching a lot of unchurched kids and their parents don't go to church, those books are not going to help you. They'll help you. Let me let me change that. They'll help you, but they're not going to help the kids or the parents because they're not going to read them. So you have to step back and you say, okay, Lord, you know, you're going to have to do this. And programs are not going to get it. You're going to have to do this. Uh, another thing that, that we saw, the, the teens, they definitely are looking for love and acceptance, but what they need to see is faithfulness from you. I took my youth leaders and, and I told them, let's put our minds, let's, let's think about the family life of most of the teenagers that we were reaching. They, there was no faithfulness in that home. Uh, the job situations, the way a lot of the parents worked, uh, they would be home sometimes, sometimes they wouldn't. You couldn't have meals together. Sometimes you couldn't do holidays together. Um, divorces. Uh, there's just no faithful anything at home. So if they come to church, and I challenge my leaders, and if your pastor's in here, you need to challenge your, your youth leaders. I would rather replace a youth leader because he's unfaithful than have an extra number there uh, when he when he is unfaithful. The reason is is because the teens need to see faithfulness. Uh, when they see faithfulness, then uh, they can start to relax a little bit. And I'll tell you something else: they'll start wanting to have a part of something that says. Hey, wow, we're together and we're faithful at it. So it's very important that the, that youth leaders are, are faithful. Faithful, uh, and and this is what I say: if uh, if you're if you're going to be in a ministry, then you need to be in a ministry. Uh, you can't one week show up and the next week not show up and the next week show up and the next week not show up because then the teens are going to say, well, I can't get close to him and he's not even here to show me love or see that I'm accepted. I don't even know him. So you can't, you can't build that relationship with, with the teenagers if you're going to be unfaithful uh, of not being there. Uh, it's very, very important. Um, you can't have a one-on-one relationship. You can't have a group study. Uh, to where they're going to relax. Now, I might show up on uh, our our team meeting is on Wednesday night. If I show up on this Wednesday night, I can call a group together and we can have a meeting. But if I'm not there next week and the Holy Spirit has touched them through the week, well, then they're not even there. To, I'm not even there for them to share with me. So uh, faithfulness is very important in, in in that area. It's just I can't overemphasize that. Um, a teenager can't love on his mom if mom's not there. Can't love on a dad if dad's not there. So uh, faithfulness is is a big part of for them to be able to feel the love and acceptance. Yes, sir. <laughs> what I'll tell you, in my own personal opinion. 
I think uh, now I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not going to take a paintbrush and paint the whole thing here. But uh, uh, for me, if I was going to hire a youth minister, uh, I would want him uh, experienced with working with some kind of youth. I would not want him straight out of seminary. Um, I have known a gentleman that was a youth pastor up until he's almost 70 years old, and the kids loved him. Uh, so they are not, it's not always about the energy that comes with a young person. So, uh, uh, as a, as a pastor, uh, I can tell you this, you know, I want someone that I know is going to be faithful, that loves the kids, but they've got some kind of experience tucked away underneath their belt. Uh, I had a church call me about three hours from from where we are, and they were looking for a youth pastor, and they they asked me uh, what I thought, and they had a young man that was coming straight out of seminary. And I said, well, he's not going to like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you, if you bring him on, don't bring him on full-time, help him to get a job in the community, and let him work part-time, at the church and part-time at the job uh, because what that will do, that will help build a little bit of experience in different areas, but it also will keep the church involved until he gets his his feet wet, so to speak. Because a lot of times, and you all know this to be true, when, they, when you hire a youth pastor, a lot of leaders drop off then. And uh, that's one of the worst things you can do for a youth pastor is is the leadership that is there is for them to say, okay, we got a youth pastor now. No, he needs them more than anything. And uh, so, uh, so I don't know if I really answered your question there, but I, I want to tell you, experience means a whole lot going in. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Faithful faithfulness to them shows that hey, I might get that love and acceptance from him that I'm looking for. Well, I had. Dr. Chuck Swindoll, uh, he says that 30, probably 75% of the income coming into the church ought to go to the youth. Because yeah, it, it. It, takes, it takes a lot. Now that you think about that, now he's talking about all youth, but also uh, he was talking about the age uh, there. I had one church, uh, the pastor called me. He was having problems with the youth pastor that the church had hired. 
the youth pastor was only two years older than the oldest one in the youth group. And come to find out, he wasn't as mature as a lot of them in the youth group. And it caused huge problems inside the church. Huge problems. So uh, it's very, very important uh, that uh, you just have to be careful. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, uh, that I encouraged our uh, youth leaders uh, to do know those who you can count on to be faithful and then get helpers when you need big activities okay they don't have to be there all the time but they're there to to help maybe drive a van pick up equipment uh maybe make sure discipline is is taken care of that not you don't have your little groups trying to sneak out and by the way they will <laughs> they they'll sneak in they'll find every little dark hole that you can think of and and that's what some of the things teenagers do uh yeah i, I was, on the list that uh yeah, mine is page 6 but my manual's a whole lot older than your all's but yesterday uh, we was talking about the marriage and the needs and the ultimate needs there that John has has downs love acceptance significance security belonging and worth it's the same way with teenagers i mean we're just younger yes Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, we have a policy at our church. If you go into counseling, you have to have another adult with you when you go with a teenager. Uh, also, it's the same way if you pick them up, take them home, whatever, you have to have two adults. Uh, in the state of Ohio, the number one uh, uh, lawsuit uh, comes from uh, a sexual uh, uh, line, of the claims of not only of the older older adults but with teenagers also so we have to be careful our insurance company has contacted us and but uh you you must protect yourself and and uh, uh they can get things awful confused especially if you use terminology it's a little heavy for them and uh so it's always good to have somebody in there with it so one of the things I wanted to share with you, uh, I started coming here with Dr. Alley. I don't know what year it was. I've been here 11 times. Uh, someone asked me uh, the other day, you mean you, you, you hadn't been able to get it in 11 times? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I, I've got it. But uh, the Lord has uh, given us the privilege to be able to bring different people down every year. We have quite a few people now inside of our church that's been trained as counselors. And that is a huge help because now we're able, as we reach teenagers, we're able to bring them back in and we have adult counselors that can, can help in that area. So I challenge you, uh, you say, oh, I've already been there, I've already went through it. Well, maybe you can bring somebody with you because that's an encouragement to them because uh, we're fighting a losing battle out there. Uh, what are you going to do if you have so many show up? Uh, a pastor can only go so far. Uh, he can. And uh, uh, I know I stay so busy, I have a hard time even counseling anymore with the, the funerals and the, the weddings and 
plus my studies, and so it's uh, uh, it, it'd be a big help for your church. When I uh, uh, started understanding this, and I mentioned earlier today that uh, Dr. Alley had me learn how to draw all these things, and the one reason is because in youth you don't have the uh, the time or the uh, the extra hands you need to be able to carry a manual around. So many, many times I would be sitting with a, a teenager and I'd pull out a napkin and take out an ink pen, and we call it uh, uh, napkin theology. And uh, we would pull out the napkin and we'd take off with a line and wheel. Uh, we've done this with a lot of adults, too, uh, the... Uh, uh, the child evangelism director in the state of West Virginia had been beat all to pieces, and I met him for uh, lunch, and we sat down, and he started telling me how his own home church was beating him up. They wasn't seeing the results, and I started doing the line and wheel, and, man, he, he just started crying and looking at it, and I showed him who he was in Christ, and now... Uh, he, then he was just a regional director, and now he's the state director, and he loves uh, the exchange life, and, and so that's been a help in, in that area also. Yes, sir. Does it help to have those verses memorized? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, boy, I tell you, knowing the, the, the Scripture to go along with these things, so you, you, you have to learn these things, and that's I, I strongly encourage everybody we bring down to take it, Practice it on your spouse, practice it on your children, whatever. Learn how to draw these because uh, the line and wheel may not be the one that you use. It might be the crowded to Christ, or but any of these things, and I, I'm telling you, they, they work. But the one thing that I found when I first uh, came home and, and I had all these diagrams, I sat down to start counseling a lady. And she knew nothing about the scripture, not anything at all. And I, I flipped down a few of these these slides, and she got so confused. And so I, I asked Pastor about it, and he said, "Well, some people needs to have it drawn out because it can get a little confusing." But uh, um, when I learned these things, we started out with fifteen teenagers in a youth group when I came on as a as a youth pastor. There were some things that needed to be done, some hard things that needed to be done. Uh, but I went into Pastor and I asked him, I said, Pastor, I said, we have this big gymnasium out here. It never gets used. Now, you got to remember, we come from a legalistic background, which meant uh, teenagers come in, you put them in a classroom, and you, boy, you hit them over the head with the Bible and expected them to grab it and go out the door, and that was it. So I went into him and I said, now this is going to sound strange. And uh, I want to ask your opinion. And I said, would it be all right if we'd move the youth group from Sunday night to Wednesday night, open up the gymnasium, let them play basketball, do volleyball? Uh, we ended up even open up a concession stand, which came later. But uh, uh, let them uh, be a teenager, but yet, you know, have prayer time, do Bible studies. And I was really afraid to ask him. Now, this is Sue's dad, by the way. And uh, he sat there and looked at me, and he said, I think it sounds great. So uh, we we sat down, and we planned this out. And we started, like I said, with 15 teenagers. Uh, the second week, it, it went up to around 20. Uh, the third week, it went, uh, I don't know, maybe 25. About a month into it, we were about with 30 teenagers. 
And I had started, uh, I, I, we had used what was called Word of Life. Some of you might be familiar with it. Uh, but uh, I just shoved it off to the side, and I said, you know, we've been learning the line and wheel. I want to start trying to teach this to the teenagers and who they are in Christ because love and acceptance, uh, this can show them the love and acceptance. So I, I brought in a chalkboard and put it out on the on the gym floor, and the teenagers sit on the bleachers, and I started drawing the line and wheel and teaching them who they were in Christ. This uh, this went on, like I said, uh, about six weeks in. We had uh, just, like I said, a little over 30 maybe. Uh, I closed the service, and uh, I, I did not have a salvation message at night. It was just teaching them who they were in Christ. And when I closed the service, we closed the service at 830, this teenager, she, she jumped up. Or this young man jumped up, and he said, "I just, I just want to tell you, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart." And he sat down. A lady, a young lady behind him, stood up, and she said, "I love the Lord with all my heart." Now, I'm, I'm sharing this with you to tell you, it's not about the programs; it's about teenagers finding out who they are in Christ. Because what I'm getting ready to tell you seems it's going to sound strange, maybe to some of you. But I can tell you it's the honest truth, and it started our church on a revival. When those two teenagers sat down, the Holy Spirit moved in that gymnasium and whispered in my ear, don't say a word. So I stood there. Just like I'm looking at you all, I stood like this. A, a young man who had just visited that night jumped up and ran up to me and said, I need to be saved. So I sent him over to some youth workers. And when I looked over my youth workers, the Holy Spirit, it was just such amazing. They're standing there and they're gone. Their mouths are wide open. So I sent him over there and they take this young man. And about that time, I look up and two teenage girls had come down off the bleachers and knelt in the floor in the gymnasium and were praying. And uh, so about that time, Another uh, teenager jumps up, a young girl, she comes up to me, she says, I need to be saved. So I send her over to the youth workers to be saved. I look up on the bleachers, and uh, two young girls was kneeling, they were kneeling beside another young lady, and they were leading her to the Lord. Okay, and then all of a sudden, all the other teenagers just started dropping and praying. And I'm still standing there, I hadn't said a word. Well, all of a sudden, you know, I start to weep because I know this is God. And boy, we were experiencing him in a, in a, in a way that was unreal. Where our church had let out and some of the folks were coming out and they turned around and went back in and said, God's doing a work in our, in our teens. Well, parents would be there to pick them up at 830. And this is an amazing thing. Uh, now we're talking, these were unchurched kids, most of them. I mean, Kids that their parents didn't go to church, most of them. And the parents would come in and either turn around and leave or go set someone else somewhere else. But the Lord would not allow them to take one child out of there. And from, 10, from, from 8.30 to when it started to 10.30, these kids laid and prayed. And then the church come out and they started scattering and praying. Well, finally, it was like the spirit lifted, and we dismissed everyone. 
And those two that, that got saved, uh, our leaders talked with them and scheduled them to be baptized the, the, uh, on that Sunday. I bat, or Pastor Ali baptized them on that Sunday. The next Wednesday night, our youth group shot up about 15. That Wednesday night, there was more saved. So uh, the next Sunday, Pastor Ali baptized some teenagers. That next Wednesday, we shot up to probably about 70. There was more teenagers saved. Pastor Ali was baptizing then. The next Wednesday night, we shot up to about 90. Okay? There was more teenagers saved. Pastor Ali was baptizing them. The next Wednesday night, we went over 100. Okay? And not one of us was going out visiting. It was at the Holy Spirit. And we ended up going up to about 120 teenagers. So we went from, in just a matter of a, a, a couple months, from 15 teenagers to 120. Now what happened? Well, the, this is what happened. They started finding out who they were in Christ. And for those who were lost, they wanted what the others were finding out. The original 15 that we started with, I would like to say all 15 of them are, are active in the ministry, but they're not. Uh, I think uh, there's uh, 11 out of the 15 are very active in ministry now. They're adults. They've got children. Uh, but uh, what God did with that original group was amazing. And, and, and when I came on as youth pastor, our church has never hired another youth pastor yet. Uh, but all those leaders are back there, and it's still continuing today. We're still uh, not... I don't know. I'm wanting to say last fall I baptized 17 teenagers one night. And so just want you to know when God does a work, he does a work. And we didn't do it with a program. We just taught them who they were in Christ. Yeah. I've seen some results where in the case you're talking, the youth um, end up drawing their their And that's what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, the parents started coming in, which caused a revival inside of our church then. And we have parents there now, are very active, who wasn't saved, that are saved now, who, who were saved, but because the legalism had shoved them out the door, uh, they have come back. And uh, so, but it's all simply because we were showing them the cross is the way and Christ is the life. So, okay, John. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So uh, we've heard about how uh, the message of Christ as life is revolutionary. That wonderful testimony from Pastor Jeff Ryan's working with the youth ministry as well and Mike with the children's ministry. So do talk to them. Hope that these resources will be useful for you to to look at. Um, But aren't we blessed to see that Christ as life is the lock that unlocks every lock, whether it's the teenagers or an adult's. Um, So be encouraged.